Hello and welcome to Auric Digital's How to Make a Video Game Podcast. Here, you'll be entertained, informed and enlightened by the many goings-on within the studio as we introduce you to our projects, our colleagues and give you a little insight into how we operate. Thanks for listening in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Jess. Collaboration is one of those unfortunate words that um, a Bristolian might struggle to say. It's just the, the, the sort of the, the flow of each section of the word just doesn't lend itself well to the accent. And it's a word that we're going to be saying a lot today because we're talking about audio um, and how we collaborate in and amongst and through departments. Uh, that's where we're going to be today. How does that sound? It sounds great to me. Collaboration is one of my favorite buzzwords within the within the industry. Um, and like you said, it's going to be great listening to you trying to ride the waves of that syncopatic beat of the word, uh, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a crucially important aspect of everything that we do. I think I think gone are the days where you know it's like person over there do this work you you over there do that just do as you're told. You know those days are, are very much gone. Um, it's a very collaborative industry. It's a very kind of free-thinking, creative industry. And we as a studio massively support what makes each creative tick. We want to support that. It's, what, it's how you get the best out of people. It's how you get the best out of the game. So, you know, with that in mind, those are the, the sort of beats, yeah, as you mentioned, that we're going to be, be touching on today uh, with a focus on how audio kind of touches base with collaboration and and departments. Do you have any further questions before we go to the main chunk? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, really, the main question is, Matt, are you ready? Are you ready to bear your soul for the audience at home listening to what it's like to be an audio, the go-to audio maestro in a video games company? I'm not going to lie, Jess, I'm, I'm, I'm never ready. Never. So the goal of the audio designer is to work together with the design, animation, and code team or teams uh, to create rich audio that fits the virtual experience being developed. So in the past, mostly when I was a contractor joining um, the studio full in a full-time capacity, um, before all that, it was very much a case of dev, 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 um, oh, we should probably put some, some sound in the game now, um, and then carve you know six or so weeks um, into the schedule to conceptualize, produce, implement, all the assets before a deadline. Um, many studios, I'm sure, quite possibly still conduct this kind of method, but it's not necessarily a healthy approach for the game um, or the audio designer attached, um, who's of course producing and implementing the assets. It's just not. It's just not healthy to be working within that sort of um, that sort of time frame. It's just very compressed. It's very tight. Um, video games, of course, present an interactive medium, and so audio. Uh, and all departments, you need to understand and support those interactions and mechanics. There has to be more of a relationship, um, and that all simply stems from being part of the conversation at an earlier stage. That's what it ultimately all comes down to, um, and throughout development, of course. Um, typically, I like to speak directly with code if possible, as because it's where an instant and often short feedback loop can be established. Um, that can lay out exactly how audio and code can work in tandem touching base with design where necessary too. So there's lots that I want to sort of touch on today. But for the most part, yeah, it's the overarching theme is just, it's about being part of the conversation, being part of development much, much sooner. Because when we were um, a much smaller studio, um, that was very much the case. It was it was very much a case of just like get some sound in and later into production. And it's just of a benefit to no one really. Mm. So yeah, 
hitting the ground running, being part of the conversation earlier. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's quite a fruitful thing to be able to say that I've been a part of pre-production now, which again was, was a bit of an alien kind of experience really previously. So participating in pre-production workshops that we do, um, many of the producers will put together these fantastic days where we can just go in into the studio, mm. nerd about the game, nerd about games in general. And of course, being a remote studio now where we don't get to socially interact as much, it's ruddy excellent to just meet people who you're working with and we'll get to know very, very well over the course of development and then talk about what you're going to make and what you're going to bring mm -hmm. to the table. So yeah, those workshops prove themselves to be super, super important. And you wouldn't have that if, if again, you, you just weren't part of the conversation at such an early stage. You can build the dialogue, talk about the design ideas, talk about the platform or the platforms, um, mm. the technologies, memory requirements, the available sample libraries that you might want to use. Again, this is all very audio specific and, and, and tools. Um, it's all crucial stuff to be talking about at as early a stage as possible. Um, Conversing over milestones is also really important because, again, previously it'd be a case of just getting assets done without an awful lot of uh, um, spotlight on the milestones that you need to hit. So being able to manage your workload, again, only supports what you're going you're gonna to bring. Uh, and milestones, by default, will just offer those kind of pins for you to know, right, what needs to be delivered at what date and whatnot. Um, but again, conversing over all this important good stuff um it's so crucial Jess like it's so so crucial just to be having those kind of conversations a couple of examples would be you've uh, of course got Brewmaster Brewmaster's our beer brewing sim which is just looking the bomb right now it's it's looking amazing mm. isn't it it's gorgeous it's delightful it makes me so happy to see all the work that's gone into the game I'm so yeah. excited the, the artwork especially is a standout. Um, having played this game uh, a lot and tested with it, it's a really, really nice game. And I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself someone who uh, considers, um, you know, hobby sims, you know, a staple part of my gaming diet, you know. But it's it's forced... I've gone out and bought PC Building Simulator and I haven't, I've had a great time with that, you know. So it's, it's, it's branching me into other <laughs> things now, which is fab. But anyway, digress, you know. One of the... If not not necessarily one of, but certainly maybe the earliest thing we had to have a conversation about was the pouring of mm. liquids with Brewmaster. Okay, um, I'll try to keep this example yes. kind of brief. But um, you pour a lot of liquids in Brewmaster, um, and it it needed to feel good and satisfying and authentic as best as we could make it. So at a very very early stage when I was brought onto the project, I had a conversation with Code. Um, to develop this system of well, how how is audio going to react dynamically with what the player is doing? Of course, yeah. so all we did it was we had a few conversations, a few meetings, and the very I remember, remember the first one. It was it was very much a case of going into this meet, but not necessarily you know uh, feeling a pressure to come out of that meet with the answer. I remember that, and that mm. was actually a really, really good thing because it's, it's a point we'll get to towards the end, but like we're very, very big supporters of um, allowing people to ask any sort of question, if you, even if you feel it's a silly question. like There's, there's no such thing as a silly question because if you don't know the answer and want to know, then ask it. You should always be made to feel comfortable with asking what you want. You know, That's collaboration. It's about making people feel safe and comfortable to ask something that's going to better their own work and their contribution. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a very much an ingrained ethos in our studio, I think, is to make sure people have that space. Throughout everything that we do, right? Yeah. Um, so we had to come up with a system that um, supports the flow and the volume transfer of liquid from one container to the next and how audio would crossfade and crossfade from one uh, intensity and variant of a certain type mm. of flow. So, of course, you know, the player might be just trickling the teeniest bit of liquid into a container or they might be throwing the entire thing in you know and there's there's no there's no control over that if the player wants to do it we need to support them to be able to do it so we came up with a very very simple system of just crossfading between intensities and variants of certain states of flow so that it would support the mm. dynamic nature of what um, volume the uh, player is shifting from one container to the next and that all just came down from feeling comfortable with asking questions um so yeah big shout out to, to elliot who was who was helping me with that way back when he was he was absolutely fantastic and really really supportive to to come up with those sorts of ideas another similar example again just basing it around a conversation that we had uh bolt gun of course which is our retro uh, retro shooter which we can now talk about i guess a little bit it's out there it's been announced yeah um it's a very very similar system we're we're working natively with um uh, with Botgun. So we're working directly in engine. There's no middleware involved. So we had to develop our own systems with, again, working dynamically, specific to the music in this case. Um, it's a retro shooter, but it's 2022. So we'd be kind of foolish to maybe not include some more modern, uh, modern approaches to certain mechanics and interactions and whatnot. So we built a dynamic music system that, again, has multiple cues um, across varying intensities. And the good thing was, the two kind of go in tandem because without that experience of being able to speak freely and come up with some wacky ideas sometimes and be comfortable with that, without the experience of Brewmaster, I, I really don't think Bolt Gun's mm. music system would have benefited um, if that conversation uh, didn't take place with Brewmaster initially. So the two for me mm. very much, are, or, or rather Bolt Gun has a lot to thank Brewmaster for um, when it comes to audio because we had the framework, we had the infrastructure and some of the ideas already in place via the collaborative nature that we 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 took with it uh with brewmaster and that has mm. kind of filtered into bolt gun it sounds like um it was it was really important to have you there in that pre-production process for brewmaster like you learn a lot to take forward into all of the other games of your audio design yeah, absolutely i think if you don't have the scope to uh to have a conversation early on you know you might you might end up mm. bringing those ideas to the table anyway but if you've only got six or so weeks to conceptualize produce and implement it, it's just very rushed and and it might get shut down and if, if that's your only idea then what are you going to do at that point so again because we had a dialogue so so early anything that maybe might have proved itself to be more of a challenge you can kind of park those things and think well that might not work because of this but let's try something else you're just part of the dialogue mm -hmm. and you're part of the conversation I think if I had a pound for every time we say conversation today, I think I, I don't think I'd be in the job. I thought I'd just be a millionaire bolting at the door right now. <laughs> the conversation millionaire. That sounds like that'll be the name of my uh, my uh, biography or something. I don't know autobiography. Um, but yeah. but again, sticking with pre-production because it's it's such a great feeling to be involved so early in pre-production because you can just get some you can almost get things out of your system when you're thinking of the greater game, and eventually yeah. you kind of land yeah. on the stuff that will actually stick. You know. So, Matt, in games development, 
obviously there's a lot of audio assets involved in a game, hundreds, if not thousands of them. Uh, you know, me thinking about just unpacking that came out recently and them talking about how they had absolutely tens of thousands of audio assets in their game, which got me to thinking, like, how do you approach handling audio assets when you're when you're in production? Do you work with other people on the assets list as well? How do you how do you format that? What's your what's your approach? But one of the really, really important things is building an asset list. Any audio designer, whether you're a contractor, freelance or, or, or um, on salary, um, like an asset list is the Bible. That's where I spend most of my time. It's overseen by me, um, but its content is open to all of the dev teams. So the assets can be freely suggested uh, or picked up on when missed. And this gives us a huge, a, a massive visibility um, increase across the title Sonic Palette. So I, I've played a lot of games. I'm sure you've played one or two games in your time, Jess. You know, we have an idea as to what something... Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have an idea of what something might sound like or feel like just based on the experience you've had with other games, right? But that's only me. That's only one person. So when if you just open it up to other people, they'll play it, they they play it differently and they will suggest something that I might not have thought of. So if you're if you're the custodian of your um asset list, you're like, no, no, I, I lay down the law with this thing. It's me. I add, I make the suggestions. You, you're just not going to make many friends that way um, because you're kind of slapping a bottleneck on that part of audio production there. Um, it's a very open space where people can make suggestions. And again, it just filters from the, the culture that we've built at Oroch. You know, it, all of these things filter into what we do. So the asset list is overseen by me, but it's, it's open to everybody. Um, staying with the app asset list... Um, Typically, file name IDs and asset descriptions are initially supplied by design, um, but code can also go into an asset list and single out specific assets that may need separate code time, for example. Um, there's links to reference material mm -hmm. in there. Art animations are all added in as well from art team, or at least supplied by the art team for me to then add in for reference. Um, it's all related to audio, of, of course, um, and everything needs to fit within a project's everything needs to fit within a project's priority order, which is something very important too. Um, it's very easy to say much of this and conduct much of this when you're working in-house, because by default, this is what I'm here for. You know, you, you are here from the start or when you get stationed onto a project where you can start doing work on it. Mm. Um, so yeah, of course, I'm just, I'm just one resource like all departments that we have on tap now. Even when you're, um, if you're a freelancer, you know, it's, it's really, really important to be asking those sorts of questions mm. um, because you'll, you'll just build those dialogues. You'll, you'll, you'll open the door up to the, to the development team to begin thinking a bit differently yeah. um, and allow audio in as instead of it just being this kind of, you know, uh, fringe thing that you get towards the end of production. Again, bring it in early, have the conversation sooner. That feels like it needs to be on a t-shirt or something. Maybe that'll be my t-shirt. Have the conversation sooner, yeah. It just applies to all walks of life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that I've found super, super important, um, especially if it comes from a programmer, okay, mm. there's audio production experience and insight everywhere. So even if it's done purely as a hobby, there's production experience there. Um, and with that comes experiences of certain tools or libraries that I might not have heard of. So, and I can speak from experience now, certainly on Bolt Gun, uh, something that um, one of the libraries that we ended up using, um, 
became a bit of a staple point for for the stylistic approach that we took towards the soundtrack. And that was not something I'd ever used before. It came from one of the programmers. So it's like, because they did that as a hobby, they came across it or perhaps were using it themselves and said, oh, what about this? Check it out. And that's all it took. It just took to to allow that door to be open to someone else to suggest something. And they felt comfortable enough to to make the suggestion. And now it's become this crucially important color to the to the sonic palette of, of bolt gun so like super super um super appreciative of that so the assets themselves that you know they're produced by a singular source but the production conversations can be had across the team uh funneling audio production through one source helps keep the asset production line uh keeps keeps it true and stylistically consistent i guess you need an overseer of course but again insight can come from varying sources and at auric we welcome that um, we don't overcook production, but we manage our dialogue. Do you know what? That's what needs to go on my T-shirt, Jess. Yeah. Many audio designers will have their go-to methods uh, or libraries, mm. uh, whether custom or subscribed. But again, insight from the dev team uh, can often lead to new and refreshing ways. Um, and like I say, Boltgun is a good example of that. Any questions at this point, Jess? I've got to say, Matt, I'm learning a lot here. Just more about just the idea sonic palette. I hadn't ever heard that before, and I think that that is probably one of my favorite phrases I've ever heard. It's very evocative. It's very synesthetic. I like it a lot. Uh, I would say that it's, it's, it's really good to hear how your perspective of it is and your pipeline on it. I think it's it's very true across all of Warwick and all of our departments, so especially the kind of like the smaller departments of one or two or three, so like yourself, myself, our lovely, wonderful marketing department, mm. all of us mm. are involved in the conversations in the pre-production point because we need to talk to our developers. We need to know what the developers need, what they envision, what they would yeah. hope for. Uh, we can work with them to kind of make the biggest dreams as a reality as possible you know we want every game to reach its best potential and we can best achieve that by supporting each other and collaborating with each other early on Uh, it just it helps everyone get their timeline straight as well it means we can be more efficient too uh you know we're not having to to you know if we have audio involved right at the beginning at pre-prod we're not going to have a conversation six months down the line when we're trying to get a vertical slice out and audio is like, hold on, there is this huge unforeseen issue and we're going to need to push it back another six weeks. And that has so many yeah. knock-on effects otherwise. So absolutely, it's efficient. It's collaborative. Yeah, yeah. It just makes everyone feel good about the project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's also worth noting as well, um, previously, before you know, expanding as a studio, it, um, allowing audio in earlier it was never something that was just disregarded it wasn't like no audio stays at the fence we don't want audio in it was never like that i think it was purely more a case of what well, we just didn't have the resources to be able to include as an earlier stage it was it was much more a case of that i think and and thankfully and and um amazingly now that we do have the resource to be included sooner our games are benefiting from that, I think. And I think uh, in the near future, certainly Brewmaster and Botgun are, are, are true examples of that, I think. Your, your, your experience and background of coming into Auric and working full-time here is you initially started off as both QA and as audio. You had a kind of dual role. You were dual-wielding, as it were, between the two approaches. Uh, I wanted to know, like, do you feel like either of them influenced one another? Do you think that you learn a lot about how to approach your audio work from your QA work and vice versa. I'm just interested to see how the two intersect as is always the way with these hybrid roles. You learn a lot from each other. 
yeah, I joined in a audio slash QA capacity, um, in a full time uh, uh, capacity. Sorry, uh, and from that experience, I'd recommend QA as a pathway for anybody because I think it's like mm. it's one of it's one of the most wonderful opportunities you can get of seeing a developing title from a fresh perspective. You you know you'll learn whether produced assets in this case audio um, are working or not, and again that perspective from your QA team members too. They're hearing the same things as you over and over and over again. Um, so if something grinds, it needs to change. So the further the further you can kind of spread that opinion or the the scope to have more of an opinion from varying team members, it's just going to better things. It's just going to better things, you know. Um, so I would recommend that to anybody because you're just better placed as well to um, well, you're better placed and, and equipped to notice audio focus bugs sooner, which in turn which in turn means they get rectified sooner. Um, previously, this is something that we had probably overlooked, I think. Uh, but one of the, one of the really important things I find, and this is where I think our, as a studio, our recruitment has been like unbelievably good, unbelievably good. I think that's something that we, that's an opinion we can all share because, you know, technical skill and all the rest of it can be taught. That's something you can learn, but getting the right personalities, the right characters to build that team chemistry, um, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time with these people, a lot of time. Um, and if that chemistry is a bit spiky or, or, or something mm. isn't quite a, quite a good match, mm -hmm. you know, that can have an impact. So one thing I've always said to myself, and, and this came from being a freelancer really, was, was to leave ego at the door. So it's like when you're working creatively, you know, you do put a hell of a lot of yourself into what you do. You just, by, by default, it, it would just fall into what you do. But if you're utterly passionate behind, uh, if you're utterly passionate about a, a certain idea mm. or a certain aspect of what you want to do, and that's all you're sort of banking on, if that gets critiqued, then your work will get critiqued, you know, and that's perfectly good. That's a good thing. But if it gets critiqued and your idea that you're so, so behind um, doesn't, if it's deemed not to be a, not to be mm. necessarily a good thing for the game, then that's going to leave leave things feeling a bit salty you know and if you but if you leave that ego at the door and respect what the game needs as opposed to what you want to do with it that's that's something i find to be quite useful um again it's, it's entirely specific everybody works differently but that's something i've always told myself and it just kind of i don't know in a weird way it just sort of grounds me a bit i think because the game is the most important thing it's about what the game needs not what you want to do mm. yeah absolutely and the, and the game is what unites us as well. The game is what uh, we're all working towards. It's, it's, yeah, it should be the focus of everything. It should be what takes us back to the beginning and it should ground us. I think that's a really nice way to put it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, 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 the players that we're producing these things for, they'll feel everything we have or have not felt or checked on during development the the player becomes the mirror of that you know is it i don't know i'm not, without getting too philosophical i'm not sure even if that is philosophical but do you know what i mean is that the game is going to end up with them so all the design decisions all the creative things we've done or haven't done during development they are going to be the uh mm. the absorbing source of everything that, that follows so um yeah you have to keep the game um at the forefront of your mind uh, and the collaborative nature in which we do things more so now than ever, you know, it, it, it's, it's only going to benefit things. 
having team members uh, being able to hear an asset or music cue differently, for example, um, this is all good feedback um, that should never be overlooked because when you're doing something, you get so, so very close to it, it's often difficult to see in amongst the woods. So you need, again, to have that dialogue with people and allow people to feel as though they can um, bring something new or even pull you up on something if you're kind of steering off into the wrong direction, for example. Um, everything is for the betterment of the game and the player. And when the team speaks, we listen. Mm-hmm. Our teams have tremendous drive to push and better themselves um, and also to push the project and the skills of those around them. And it's all very infectious, I find sometimes. It's, it's you know, when you're yes. when you're doing something and someone's just like, you know, just, well, again, you take the art, for example, of Brewmaster. You think, oh, man. Like is is my contribution as 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 top dog as that? I don't know, you know, but 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 it sets mm-hmm, a bar mm-hmm. and it just makes you want to to reach for that bar and and that's the culture that we have built and are continuing to add to. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really quite a quite a lovely lovely feeling to be able to work in amongst that kind of atmosphere, you know. So ultimately, yeah, this this entire splurge of words and sounds that I've thrown at you for the last half an hour, Jess. All comes down to two things, really. Um, I'm not a particularly complicated person. If I overcomplicate things, I get confused. <laughs> so I have to keep things kind of simple, really. Um, but but I think I'm quite reliable in that respect. And I think because I kind of keep things simple, I'd much rather kind of have something uh, implemented that has been executed well. And it's maybe a simplistic approach, but it feels good as opposed to overcooking something. And the idea is great, but maybe the execution is a bit sloppy. I'd much rather be the former than the latter. But all this comes down to two things. It's just about being part of the conversation sooner so you can have all the design discussions Mm. and allow that little piece of grey matter in the back of my brain to start taking notes and start letting uh, ideas simmer. If If I've got more time to let those things simmer, better things come from that. And the other thing was, of course, just building that culture that makes us all feel so, so very valued and so, so very um, accepted and uh, warm to be able to kind of suggest something. Um, even if even if you know, even if you feel as though, no, this is a bit wacky, this is a bit out there, but you need to have that bridge because it's more than just a bridge. It's a culture. It's a culture that we've built. You know, anyone can come in here into Auroch and suggest something mm. and be okay with the idea maybe getting shelved because it's not necessarily right. Mm-hmm. Collaboration is all about just allowing people to feel comfortable um, to get the best out of them and the game. Yeah, I agree. I really, really agree with that. And it's it's just been really nice to listen to you talk, Matt, honestly. I know I probably say this every time you have a little passionate delve into what, what makes you happy and what you're skilled in and what you're proficient in, but it's it's good to understand again the perspective of a department that rarely gets I guess highlighted or focused in games until you get to you know we talk about the soundtracks of games because they are gorgeous and they're evocative and they make us feel emotions like in our previous season we had a whole Mm. soundtracks episode but it was really nice as well to hear how it feels for you to do everything else that's audio related within the game and to understand why it's so important to cultivate that uh, kind of atmosphere that makes you feel like you can be creative and you can be engaged and you can be honest as well about how you feel about the game and what you want to do with it and to be open and vulnerable with other people in the team as well. Um, Yeah, you've always, you always put the game first and it's just great. 
to have you part of the team, I think. Well, I think it's for me, from a personal note, I think it's like it comes from experience because some of the earlier games that I worked on a, a number of years ago now, my, my contribution wouldn't have been particularly good in hindsight. Um, I would never have made any of those decisions that I made back then now. Um, but again, that's experience, isn't it? Mm. Um, but you mentioned honesty then, and, and that's that's one one buzzword I, w- I would have loved to have kind of, um, it's not necessarily a buzzword, but it's something that I, I think we should have mentioned sooner because it is, it's a very honest culture that we have. It's a very transparent one. Everyone knows where they stand. Everyone feels accepted. And um, and again, you can just get the best out of people when they work in amongst that kind of air. C- having come from a contractor freelancing experience where I did that for like seven years, every every project I worked on was just drastically different from one to the next. Not just Oroch specific when I was freelancing, mm. but anything else that I was doing on, on the side too. Um, to just make a living it's like it's so stressful and it's it's no good it was no good for me you know and so this culture that we are in now I feel as though uh, again from a personal uh, perspective it, it's just getting the better out of me I, I feel much more elevated to to reach higher highs um, because of what we've built uh, and because of the teams that we have because of the people that we have now so yeah you know props to the studio and props to Thomas for building that so yeah, that that's where we kind of stand on it. It's it's a very simple answer to what could have been a complicated question. You know, we we have processes involved with how we manage priority of of assets and stuff. We do have you know uh, more involved systems with how we do things, um, Jess. But you know that as well as I do, if not better. Mm. Um, but it's by keeping it simple, allow people to talk, allow people to to have their opinion heard. Um, and always being open to what everybody brings. That's how we. That's how we've expanded. That's how we've grown by by being a good culture. People want to work for us, and people want to work with us because we are nice people and we produce good things. At the end of the day, that was really beautiful to to end the episode. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for thanks for sharing your thoughts and your passion and your soul and being vulnerable with us. Um, hopefully, we get to yeah get more insight into audio production in the future as well i'd really like to learn more i think i wish i had your kind of relaxed chilled tone to the way that you kind of deliver yourself the way you kind of conduct yourself in my head that's what it sounds like like i sound like jess but when it comes out it's not it's it's like this kind of it's, i'm like i sound like a, a broken wookie just like splurging all this stuff out a lot of the time but you know i'm just happy to be here you know i'm just happy to be here i'm happy to vibe i'm happy to listen in the fast-paced realm of the games industry the best way to keep up to date with everything happening at Oroch digital is to follow us on social media you can find us on twitter instagram facebook using the handle at Oroch digital and we're on linkedin too as Oroch-Digital-Limited. We also encourage you to sign up to our mailing list to receive regular newsletters that go into more detail about our projects and to join our community Discord, who are the first to hear our updates. You can subscribe to the mailing list and join the Discord on our website, orochdigital.com. And whilst you're on the website, be sure to check out our recruitment page under orochdigital.com forward slash jobs where we post all employment opportunities. Links to all these socials and more are in the episode description. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in the next one.